This is the Victory Podcast. Every week, we'll share an inspiring message about God's grace and forgiveness for you, wherever you're at in life. Your victory starts now. Let's pray. Lord God, as we gather to worship you today here in the ministry center or online, wherever we might be, we ask that you would meet us in our hearts deeply and that you would move and that we would experience you and that that experience would influence and transform our lives so that we would be able to influence others for your glory. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you care for us far more than we get. So guide and lead our time together today. We pray this in your name. Amen. Not always, but frequently, when an NFL player scores a touchdown, he loses his mind. He, he runs around like a, a chicken with his head cut off, or he breaks into one of the latest dance moves, or he goes and, and strikes a pose in front of the camera, seemingly forgetting that touchdowns have been scored by the thousands already. Seemingly forgetting that scoring a touchdown is one of the goals of the game. Seemingly forgetting that likely he's paid millions to do this very thing. Seemingly forgetting that football is actually a team sport. Not always, but, but frequently the NFL player that scores the touchdown gives the appearance that it's all about him. Can you imagine if that transferred over into different occupations? Imagine you're up uh, at Target by Pick and Save there on Lover's Lane. Okay, you're, you're standing in line and, and the, the clerk finishes the transaction of the person in front of you. And then that clerk goes firing out from the registers, from behind the registers with her khaki pants and her red shirt on, running around all of the registers, breaking out into a dance and then coming back to her register and looking at you and going, yeah. I mean, really? What if you were at the Starbucks there at Target and the barista did the same thing, right? Serves the person in front of you, jumps over the counter then with her green, you know, Starbucks apron on, runs around and strikes a pose. What about here? Phil's on camera today. What if Phil made this awesome camera move? You know, he just nailed it. He comes flying over the top of the tech booth with his new tech booth fleece on. He comes running up here and stands and looks at the camera like, look at me, look at what I did. Today we're continuing our series, as Pastor Ben said, Influencers. And what we're going to be talking about today is, is the difference between outward appearance and inner peace. And by the time we're finished with our worship today, I pray that we're able to see how we get inner peace that influences others. Okay. So here's the thing. 
we all, all of us, struggle, have issues with pride, okay? The thing is with pride is that it's so easy to see in other people and so difficult to see in ourselves. We're able to look at someone, they're kind of full of themselves, but we fail to realize that when we're able to see pride in someone else, it's actually pointing back to us and, and we're demonstrating pride ourselves. When we look out at, at people and we see what they, what they say and, and what they do, and we, we can't believe it doesn't match up with what we would do, that's pride. We're setting ourselves, our standards up for, for what other people are supposed to do and are supposed to meet. And that's pride, self-righteous pride. Let's see an example of this in Scripture, too. Jesus says, To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I'm not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. The Pharisee in that parable, he was doing that typical NFL touchdown thing, right? Look at me. Look how good I am. Can you imagine what it would be like if you're in worship and the person next to you is like that Pharisee? Going, oh man, look how good I am. It'd be horrible. But what's worse than standing next to that guy is being that guy. When we have a, a self-righteous attitude, when we do things so that other people notice us, so, so that we get praise, so that we get acknowledged, that's that guy. Let's see, Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you'll have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. 
Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Are you living for the glory and praise of people? Or are you living to praise God, to glorify him? Are you looking to please people? Are you a people pleaser? Or are you looking to live your life for God? Understand, in life, we'll do the exact same actions, whether we're living for people or whether we're living to glorify God. We'll do the exact same things. The only difference is going to be our motivation. When we're living to to be a people pleaser, to, to live for the praise of others, our concern about God is virtually not there. But when we're living our lives to glorify God, we're not too concerned about what other people think or say or do because it's about God. The word hypocrite means actor. In Greek theater, uh, often a person would have a number of different roles and the only way you could tell what role they were playing was by the different mask that they put on. We're involved in hypocrisy when we try to show others that we're righteous by what we do instead of being righteous by what Jesus has already done for us. In the book, Pursuit of Holiness, the author writes, As we grow in the Christian life, we face increasing danger of spiritual pride. We know the correct doctrines, the right methods, and the proper do's and don'ts. But we may not see the poverty of our own spiritual character. We may not see our critical and unforgiving spirit, our habit of backbiting, or our tendency to judge others. Revelation 3, 17 says, you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. Understand, trying to live right before God, living right in God's eyes, that's good. Trying to, to be and being obedient to God, that, that's not bad at all. But slander is bad. Gossip is bad. Talking behind other people's backs is bad. Criticizing and condemning someone because they do things differently than we do, that's self-righteous spiritual pride, and that is sin. And that's why sometimes people who are outside of the church, they can look inside of the church and, and look at us and go, those Christians are so judgmental and hypocritical. And their conclusion is so often, too often, 
correct. One thing, too, before we go on, I want to share with you this, just so you kind of get a, an understanding. A lot of times we'll look at things like low self-esteem or depression or anxiety and things like that. And we'll think of them being at the opposite of pride, that there's no connection whatsoever. But actually, those things like low self-esteem, depression, anxiety, uh, they cloud our vision and, and we get angry sometimes. And we look around and, and we see people and we, we think that they're less committed, that they're less dedicated, that they don't love God as, as much as we do. And see, that's actually not the opposite of pride. That's pride. We again have set ourselves up as the standard for which other people are to live by. And that's pride. Have you ever done that? Unfortunately, I have. It's horrible. It's a horrible spiritual malady that threatens to quench the Holy Spirit in our life and in the lives of others. Okay. I'm going back. Jesus assumes we will do acts of righteousness. After all, he's prepared good works for us in advance to do. In fact, this is what he says in the Sermon on the Mount. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify you. No. <laughs> that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So how do we do that? How do we live where we're concerned not with our outward appearance, but with an inner peace that is actually going to influence others? The answer is, remember how you are saved. See, sin is far worse than we think. Sin is never not that bad. Sin is never not okay. Sin is never funny. It's the exact opposite of God. When we look into Scripture... We see that, that a person with sin apart from God is actually absolutely hopeless for time and for all eternity. Romans 3 says this. Now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be silenced and the whole world held accountable to God. How serious is sin? The wages of sin is death. Death was never supposed to happen. The wages of sin is death. It's not just physical death. It's not just emotional death. It's not just spiritual death. It's eternal death. 
sin is like a chain that restrains us from God. We can't get to God because of our sin. And sin is like that, that chain. We cannot break it. You can think of it this way too. Sin is, is we're on this boat and that boat is, is being carried away by the current, away from God, away from God's blessings, away from heaven, directly toward Satan and hell. The boat doesn't have a motor to turn around. We don't have a paddle. Sin is horrible. Sometimes we get it and we're frightened by our sins, which if you're there, that run to Jesus. He's got it. But sometimes sin is so bad, right? We're, we're on that boat going away from God. And we're actually enjoying it. We don't get that going away from God is the most horrible thing of all. So how do we get out of that boat? We can't. You're there. The only way that anyone ever gets out of that boat is by God. God is the one who rescues us. Jesus always, always did what his heavenly father wanted him to do, always so that his heavenly father would receive the glory. Jesus always did what his heavenly father wanted him to do out of, Jesus did it out of love for God and out of love for you and me. And then after he did all of that, Jesus in love and humility, even though he had never said, went willingly to the cross and paid for all of our sins, including the sin of pride. To make the full and complete payment. You see, the, the demands and expectations of righteousness cannot be confused with our external forms of piety. The righteousness that makes a difference, the righteousness that makes us righteous is the righteousness of Jesus' works and not our own. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, For it's by grace you've been saved through faith, and this not from yourselves, it's the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Faith is a gift from God. Faith by its very nature doesn't look inward. It looks outward to God. Trusting in God, trusting that he loves us, that gives us inner peace. And it leads us to joy. You see, when we understand 
who saved us and what we're saved from. We can only boast in the Lord. We can only see that God shines brightly. It's not for our show, but for his glow. So let's get practical. Jesus does expect that you and I are going to do righteous acts. Okay. Jesus does expect that you and I, those of us who follow Jesus, that we will do righteous acts, that we will meet the needs of those who are in need. It's just a given. But when we give, we're not to call attention to ourselves. When we give to those who are in need, we're not to go off and do some kind of mercy touchdown dance. When we give to those who are in need, we give to them only because God has met our need. We give to them only out of what God has given to us to meet their need. You see, it's all about the goodness of God that we sing about earlier. It's all about him. We love because he first loved us. God expects us to do righteous acts. God expects that that we'll pray. In Matthew chapter six, you know, understand those words. Jesus isn't telling us not to pray in public. Jesus prayed in public and in private. The early Christian church prayed in public and in private. But what Jesus was talking about is when we pray, we're to glorify God and not call attention to ourselves. We're going to pray. When you go out to eat at a restaurant, How are you going to give glory to God? You can pray privately or you can pray out loud. What's your heart? Are you so in awe that God is so special to you that he's allowed you to go out to eat, that he's provided this food for you? Someone else is cooking it. Someone else is bringing it to you. Someone else is cleaning up to you. Are you in awe of God, just how good he is? And so you're just overwhelmed with prayer? God, thank you so much. Or are you thinking about the people at the next table? that they'll see your righteous acts. See, is, is your public prayer informed by your private prayer? Are you concerned about giving glory to God or are you concerned about how you'll sound to others? Individualism says, look at me and what I'm doing. 
influencing the world from a, a place of inner peace, says, let me show you God by what I do. Because you are righteous, not through your own righteous acts, but because you're righteous through the righteous acts of Jesus Christ, you can have inner peace. You don't, you don't need to prove yourself. You can live your life out of love to God and for the glory of God. And so when you give or you pray or whatever righteous acts you do, you can do it to celebrate Jesus' victory in your life. That's inner peace. And that influences others. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for living perfectly in our place. Thank you for dying innocently in our place. Help us to be overwhelmed by your life and your love for us, to see ourselves as we really are in your sight, your dearly loved child, your dearly loved friend. Help us to share what you have done for us with others because what you've done for us, you've also done for others. And so as we go out into the world, we ask that we would live not by outward appearances, but by an inner peace that calls others to see you so that they might have that inner peace as well. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Victory Podcast, brought to you by Victory of the Lamb in Franklin, Wisconsin. For video sermon archives, more information about us, and to let us know how we can meet you where you're at, go to victoryofthelamb.com.